0: You're listening to The Shine Podcast. Whether it's business or personal growth, we believe in shining bright, encouraging women through conversations, tips, tricks, and resources along the way. Keep shining with host Shauna Starr, business owner, photographer, pink hair enthusiast. When she's not working, you can find her at the gym, the beach, or with her little dog, Murphy. Hope you're ready to smile, sparkle, and shine. Have you been looking for a place to safely store all of your photos and documents online? Now with SmugMug, you can. I've talked about this great software for a long time and this is how I back up my photos. But the online program SmugMug is big enough not only for photography businesses, but they have different price point structures depending on what you need. And what's even better, I have a code for you to get 20% off your first year. The code is attached at my website at com slash shine podcast slash adapting to change to get 20% off your first year at a safe place to store your photos today today I have Savannah Siree here on the podcast and I'm so excited to be able to chat with you today. I've actually followed you for a while and just absolutely love the community that you're building here and, and already built and how you show up every day both in your blog and also your podcast which is What Savvy Said and I started following your Instagram constantly all of your stories because like I said you show up every day so thank you for being here today.
1: So glad to be here.
0: So tell us a little bit about you, job, life, everything that's all Savannah.
1: So I grew up in Panama City, um, have a big medical family. A lot of people are, both my parents are nurses, I have doctors, dentists, all of that. And I kind of just didn't really, I guess I never really knew what I was going to do when I was going to grow up. Like I never had that, like my mom is a nurse, she's working during the pandemic, she's very much like, I knew I was going to be a nurse when I was a kid, and I just never had that click, Mm -hmm. and so when I left for college, I ended up majoring in English, which was such a, like, it makes complete sense, I feel like, if you know me now in the context of, obviously, having the blog and writing and being a creative person, but growing up, I was always very much like a math kid, like, it kind of baffled people, and I think maybe I didn't necessarily find myself as challenged as much or really know what to do and it's something i talk about a lot with my friends is the power of having influences when you're younger that can see and nurture your creative side mm-hmm. and i didn't have that not that it was anything that my parents couldn't do or didn't want to do it was just that that wasn't that's not part of who they are so they didn't know to seek and nurture that they kind of gave me the ability to try and do things as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, I majored in, I majored in English. I started with an English with film concentration and I kept that. And then I just, I feel like that like people pleaser need and the like need to do more with my life and not necessarily understanding the power of art and being creative Mm -hmm. was so strong. And so I went pre-med for like a whole semester and I say, like, one semester. It was literally long enough to take my GPA, <laughs> um, And I just, I hated it. Like, I felt like I needed to do these big things. And it just, oh, it was awful. It was so miserable. And I ended up switching, kind of switching back in the next semester and graduated with my degree. And, again, had no clue what I was going to do. And so I went from there. And I had always worked. I've always been like a curious person. I learn really well. Like I have no issue with people and just kind of finding the joy in any environment. So it's never really much of a hassle for me to like go into any space, but that's made it particularly harder for me to be like, okay, well I have this passion or I have that passion because mm-hmm. it's comes from more of a desired help. And so I took, you know, whatever job I could get after I graduated, I was like a swim instructor for I think a month or two um, at like at our college. And then I worked for Wells Fargo for a minute and I left there and part of it was I was bored. And I know that that's a personal struggle for me is that I get (laughs) mentally bored very easily. And once I've like hit the challenge, I'm like, all right, what's next? And I transitioned into something else and that didn't really work out. Like I tried to work in a medical office again. Why I did this, I have no idea. And I was just kind of in that, like, I felt the need to move to Atlanta. Like, mm-hmm. I just knew that that was what I needed to do. And I kept feeling this pullback to film. And I felt it several times. There was, like, a, there was one summer that I came home in college. And it was, like, the only summer that I came home. And it was that summer that it was, like, the breakthrough for me that, like, I just knew that a medical path wasn't going to be it for me. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, I just remember sitting there, like, watching Winter Hill, for the millionth time and I was just like, no, I wanna do this for a living. And so that kind of came back around. And so I moved to Atlanta. Um took me a few months and it took me several months to like get a job. And I literally I'm very stubborn when it comes to anything. Like sometimes you just have to like throw up a roadblock and shift me in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for these different jobs. And there was one that I was about to take and I didn't have peace about it, but it was like, there's no other open door. Mm-hmm. And I literally just remember like waking up with hives down my neck and it was like God's way of being like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> like i would really physically show you, I don't want you to go down this path. And so I ended up taking this desk job, which was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It was a nine to five. And I started trying to figure out how to get into film because film's a bit of a, it's a weird public I mean, it's like a lot of businesses in any way you have to know somebody mm-hmm. like it's helpful to know who, you know, is everything. And I didn't know anybody. And so I couldn't figure out how to get in. And so I just spent that next year, like kind of trying to dive in and figure that out. And so I did a lot of independent films and took this class with this wonderful human, Linda Burns, who does the, um, the PA Academy. It's like the best way if you have no idea and you want to get into film to learn about it. And I did that and started kind of taking her advice and doing it. And then I just had another moment where I was like, it's time. It's literally like I'd hit that point again where I knew something needed to break. And so I did. And I like, it made no sense, but I just, I couldn't escape the, like that piece that was just like, you need to jump right now. Mm -hmm. And so I like, I had left to come home for like my first vacation and I came back to work and I put in my two weeks notice and that afternoon I got a call to interview for, I think it was drum 2. too. And that was like the biggest project I'd gotten any calls to work on. And I didn't get the job because I was still very green and I didn't know a lot and I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up working for that boss like a year and a half later in Vampire Diaries. And so it was just one of those, like, little things happen, and it was never exactly how you thought it would be, and you meet a lot of people, and you go along the way, and I want to say that was, like, 2013, maybe, 2014, so beginning of 2016, I started having that, like, nagging feeling again that something was coming, like there was another shift coming, <laughs> Yeah. And I yes. I could see that, like, my mom was married to an older man and he passed in September and he, I think he was, like, about to turn 88 at the time. But I just had that, like, I'd had lots of conversations with friends and I always felt like, I mean, growing up in the way that I did, even in a medical family, my both my parents grew up very, I guess, more conservative, not mm-hmm. a lot of money. They grew up on farms, but they were also very, like, whole foods, wellness-based, like, health-based uh, like we didn't have sodas, like pop tarts were like, unheard of. um, that was just our life. And so I just had that, like, I'd started the blog because at some point I thought, all right, you know, with the way that film works and the way that you go from job to job, there's not necessarily a lot of job security in it and on the path that I was on as a production assistant it takes you several years to get to the point where you're making any kind of secure money Mm -hmm. um, or having like at least enough that you're more comfortable between jobs and even that like, and before you really even get in a union and they're physically demanding days. Like I loved, I loved my job. It was never one of those, like I'm going to call out of work. Like I loved what I did. I met some of the most amazing people. There's some people where you're like, Oh, I'm meeting you right now and having this conversation. Um, but like, I just knew that something needed to happen. And so I, but I was kind of in that, like, and it was something, um, I felt a little bit this year as well, but I knew that something needed to change. And so, but I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was already kind of prepared for the fact that I was going to have to come back to City. Mm-hmm. Like that was on my heart. So I started the blog knowing that, you know, at some point I would like that flexibility. I would like to be able to help women feel like living a healthy life is easier. And I mentioned this in my Instagram post yesterday, and somebody said the same thing. I was like, when I started at the time I was plant-based and this was before I had any clue that I was about to go on a holistic journey to heal my hormones mm-hmm. and take mental well, like mental health up as a part of my platform. Like I had no clue what was about to happen. And, but I just, I hate it. Like, The idea of creating recipes to me, I think because I felt like they needed to be so much more complex than they actually have to be. Um, I think sometimes when you feel like when something's so easy for you, it doesn't seem like it's worth doing. Like You're like, well, why can't anybody else do it? But it's not always like that. So I started the blog, but I didn't want to create recipes. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Like, how do you, how do you do this? How do you get people to read this? Like, what does this, what does this mean? And Mm -hmm. I tried to start, I think I'd started multiple like little blogs over the years. So, I had that. That was kind of my outlet. I was looking to like make that into more of a profitable part of my income. And then about July of that year, I'd been working to start a project for a couple of months. I'd been going with this group um, for pretty much the duration of the year. We'd gone from project to project together. And one of my friends was producing her first film, and. At the same time she was producing it, the team that I had been working with was also a part of it. And so we had been trying to figure out what that was going to look like for a couple of months because it was supposed to shoot in Kentucky. So this is going to be my first, like, on location Mm -hmm. anything. And I come home because we kept pushing. And so it was just a really, like, hard to navigate Because when you're trying to do a show like that and then you're having to pick up days in between and you can't really commit to anything because you're obviously, you know, I wanted to do this film. It was her first project. And so, it's just a weird, like, transition. But I came home for my birthday and (laughs) I was at home and I get a call and she's like, hey, I want to move you into the office with me. And my job at the time was working in base camp so I was getting actors ready for the day I was putting them through hair makeup and wardrobe I was sending them to set like we had a whole group so she was pulling me into the office to do a job I'd never ever done um on a project with some pretty heavy actors like Mm -hmm. it wasn't it was an independent film and those tend to be less budget but that doesn't mean that like you still aren't getting oh yeah
0: there's still some heavy, heavy hitters
1: and so she pulled me in and I was like it was more money and I was like okay I'll do it like you're asking me to do it. It's you asking me to do it. I'll do it. And my boss who at the time, he was like, have you like worked together? And I was like, no, we've actually never done a project together. Um, We met through mutual friends and we started bitches who brunch years ago. And then it was her first movie. And so she called me in to do it, which meant I needed to go up a week earlier. And she called me, like, the day – it was literally, like, my birthday. And I was like, listen, I love you, but I'm not coming up until Sunday. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting to get a mani-pedi with my mom. It's not happening. And so because of that, I took – I left a week early, a week earlier than I should have left. And during that week, my stepdad broke his hip. Mm. And he was 88 at the time. My mom was working nights, and she had been really, like, taking on a lot of that heavy load of just kind of trying to do everything a little bit more because he couldn't like help as much. Um, and so there wasn't much I could do and we kind of triaged it, but like, as we were going through it, as everything was happening, I think everything kind of just came to that big collision. Like I knew that that was the point that was like, okay, now you have to move. And I came home and just sat down and had that conversation with my mom. And I was like, listen, do you need me to come back? Like, I need you to verbalize it. She's very much one of those, you know, independent women, like a lot of us are that doesn't ask for help. And sometimes you have to be like, listen, I need you to say it. (laughs) Like, I need you to acknowledge (laughs) that you need this. Um, And so I moved home. And from there, it was a whole nother whirlwind, um, which I didn't really anticipate. You know, a lot of, I feel like the blog had been very much a part of grounding for me in the last few years was very, much a learning experience and adding portions to my platform and understanding different things, um, that whole year, uh, literally. So that started when I turned 26 and like a few months later, I think my, so my stepdad broke his hip a few months later, my mom had her hip replaced. So I was carrying full time. Like, you know, I had two parents that I was carrying mm-hmm. for full time. Like a few months after that, my dad passed a few months after that, my uncle passed. And so it was just literally like, we a had lot. The memorial. We, we had the memorial for my uncle's birthday the day before I turned 27. And I was like, let's just, I, I like to say that my birthday is like how I kick off a new year. I don't like to do like the New Year's resolutions, but I normally go by like my birthday. I'm like, how do I want this year to go? Mm-hmm. And that was, I was like, can we just 27 as a clean slate? And then of course from there, you know, we had Hurricane Michael and we had mm-hmm. everything else. And my stepdad was, um, we were, I mean, we were very, blessed in the sense of Hurricane Michael like things worked out exactly how they were supposed to for us and my mom got a lot of time off that she probably wouldn't have gotten off um that gave her time with him and he passed in September um he was diagnosed with cancer in like August and mm. we had like a crazy few months and so I was kind of already in it like again at the end of last year I knew something was going to happen and so starting this year I was kind of in that like okay what's next because I built up this like here's where I want to be when this happens when he passes when I like I really wanted to be in a place where like I could just transition back into what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um that like I was financially stable enough and that like the things that had happened and I just kind of gotten myself in that position so that I could be like okay we're gonna move on to the next phase like that transition's more fluid and then COVID happened um, and I, cause I was kind of in that, like, all right, well, what do I do? I'd never really put as much pressure on some of my platforms to be stronger in the monetization sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and that's not really been an issue. There's been a lot of like discovery for me as to how I do stuff and how I want to do stuff and not putting a lot of pressure on myself, but also, you know, that like, Instagram makes it such a competitive space. And I feel like sometimes as a business person, we have to remember that like, it's just one platform.
0: Yes. absolutely. It's like, it's
1: literally, it's just one platform. And that has been, that's been a journey for me in general, because I think people feel so threatened by that, but there's so many businesses that perform else like other ways. Yes. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I hit that point earlier this year where I was so frustrated and, I really like, I was already in the middle of a transition season for myself. And then obviously my backup plan was to go back to film. Like if, you know, if that, like if things didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, I could always go back. And obviously my backup plan doesn't actually exist right now because
0: no one can work. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> again, it's another one of those gods. like, listen, you're not going to hear me. So I'm just going to like,
0: shove show you it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And you're gonna
0: suck it up. Um. What I, what I find so interesting is most entrepreneurs that I talk to, just like you, are so multi like passionate with everything. And so I love hearing that you know I'm not the only one. And I know this now that that you get bored. You get bored, and I think it's that entrepreneur mindset. Like I said, and um, and you've created such huge businesses for yourself already. And traveling the country and working with different people in the community that community that you have built. So will you talk a little bit about that part of your business as as far as empowering women and how you wanted to do that?
1: I think for me so much of that, and it's been something I've been reconnecting to a lot recently. I heard this episode of the Ed Milet podcast ages ago and he was interviewing Sean White. Sean White was kind of talking about for him this season of how, he had to like find his why in a different space. Mm -hmm. And that's been part of this for me is that what motivated me before was more of like an outlet. And for now, now it's been more of like, I guess honoring that younger me honoring that person who's gone through all of those tribulations, honoring all of the things that she's experienced to kind of create that better space. And I think I'm so fortunate that like, I get, a, that I left Panama City and got to spend time, not just in Atlanta, but in film, because that particular bubble is very non-conservative by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up in the South, there's such a stigma, like mindset of getting married young, having babies young, doing all of these things that like, this is your checklist, this is your path. And so having that frame of mind and having those people outside of the bubble has definitely helped balance me a lot. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for me, a lot of that's come from conversations with women where I'm just like, I just want to hug them and just give them some semblance of like, for lack of a better phrase, like a backbone, like it's not that they don't have it, but I don't think that they've ever felt empowered enough Mm -hmm. to know that like, they can speak their minds, they can have these conversations, they can even express that they're dissatisfied or that they aren't happy or that it's probably wrong that they never had these conversations or they don't know how to speak up for themselves in a lot of ways. I was talking to my esthetician months ago and we were discussing intimacy and people who feel really uncomfortable, like who are like, you know, having sex and feeling really uncomfortable about their bodies and and thinking about all the ways that their partner is thinking about them. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's been a, a bigger motivator is for me is just, trying to create a space where I can be the person that has the conservative portion of the conversation. I mean, there's a part of me that's got that like LA mindset, but there are a lot of women who would love to know more, but they aren't going to, they're not going to receive it if it's, I guess maybe on the more crude or vulgar side of things. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I was younger, there are a lot of questions that I wouldn't ask, or I didn't have friends that I felt safe enough to ask questions with. And Every time I meet one of those people, whether it's by chance or it's always, you know, one of those ordained moments, I'm like, you are who I'm having these conversations for. And I hope that somehow in some way that you can land on the podcast or you can, you know, get to a space where you are on the blog and you read something and it just empowers you to think twice. But I think so much a part of that is when you even when you build a community and you have these people who follow you it's like any other piece of art and you put it out there, but without response, without conversation, without hearing back, you don't really know. Right. And I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, like, you know, it's like an actor, they're in a movie and you think, oh, well, like, they know they're good. Well, but they also probably hear a million awful things about themselves mm-hmm. every single day on the internet. So that community is there and I think people receive it, but I think sometimes it's it's that challenge as a creator to create in a way that's organic and that gives you feedback and isn't, I don't know, I guess not so catered to what people want but what they need.
0: Yes. Well, you, you even hit it on the head without saying the word that popped in my head was giving them permission. And that's kind of what you allow them to do is You can encourage them all you want, but they also need that permission that it's okay to have those conversations and to move forward with those thoughts that they're not alone in it. And it's okay to think those things and then speak them out. So.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's definitely something I've struggled with is realizing that I think a lot of times you're like, okay, well, when you have these big dreams, you want, you have these big dreams and maybe not everybody around you is in that same space or they're not in that same path with you. Mm. Like they're there and they're a part of your life, but they just... It's not their journey, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And so, really learning to grant yourself the permission, and when you start to question it, and you're like, "But why not? Like, who's going to stop me? Like, who is actually going <laughs> to stop me?" And I think that's the scariest question you can ask yourself: is who is actually going to stop me? Because the internet trolls aren't going to stop me. I'm the fear of them is going to stop me, but yes. like, there's nobody that's actually going to stop me.
0: You're absolutely right. So. Building that community that I've seen, and you show up every single day, both with your beautiful face and words and encouragement. So, what has been huge for your business now in growth and standing out?
1: Mm, A big shift of my business really kind of came into play when I started talking about mental health and when I really started to dive into affirmations and just the thought process of Mm -hmm. everything. I had a lot of these like. As I built the blog, as I built all of it, I was kind of in that, like, all right, what do I want this to look like? Because there's that fine line you see a lot of, especially if you're going to, if you want to do a blog, you see a lot of people who are like, well, I make this much money a month from this and I make this much money a month from that. And uh, it's completely understandable that, you know, they would like to profit from a blog. (laughs) But for me, it's always very, it's more of the creative side. It's more of the writing side, like writing's kind of that like first space for me. And so I really it took a lot of inspiration from other people who are maybe a bit more successful. Um, I love the way that Victoria from in the furrow creates content. And one of the things being that, you know, she shoots these beautiful photos and fashion is her like space, but she also gives advice and kind of tells that. And so that was always something that I really wanted. It's kind of why I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to connect in that way. And that was what I really saw a shift in is people just, people want to be motivated. They want to feel like they can go to somebody and they pour life into them, that they're that friend that speaks into them and tells them the things that maybe somebody else doesn't see or doesn't tell them intentionally. And the internet is the way that you get that because, especially now when you don't see people every day, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we're so caught up in the survival of everything that we forget to be like, Hey, you know, I see that you're struggling with this and I just want to speak life into you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like when I made that shift, that was a definitely a bigger part of it. But for me, Pinterest is a huge part of my like business. It's such a surprising place to like really perform well. Um, because I think people see, you know, whatever numbers, but, I feel like the one thing people miss about Instagram specifically is that it's a it's a number platform, but it doesn't mean anything unless you monetize it. So you can have all of these things, but if it doesn't push to your business, it doesn't push to where you want it to go, it's just the number. Right. It doesn't necessarily do anything for you. Um and so kind of learning a lot of the back end of stuff, that's stuff that I'm still working on. I'm really kind of diving into the SEO side of life right now and just working to, like, do all the boring stuff that I really don't enjoy, like, fixing things electronically <laughs> and, like, anything that, like, I'm, I'm so much more of a people person And the last, the last six months of this year has been one of those, like, learning times for me, which was necessary, but I hate them, um, but, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that, like, you always see in a lot of businesses that are, like, pick your, pick whatever platforms, you know, are going to be your space and work with him. Mm-hmm. And social media is such a constant changing thing. And I get it. Like I, I follow Gary V. Like I, he's kind of what I reach for when it goes to marketing and like his wisdom for stuff. It's kind of people who are like, well, I don't want to get on that platform. We well, can't say that. If you have a business, you can't ever say that you're not. No, nope, nope, it's, it's, it's going
0: to be the first like, one that you're like led to in some way. So
1: yeah, it's not an option. And I mean, every everybody has their growth with it. If you, I do this every now and again when I, I guess when I'm just like I want to like visually see the change, and I scroll back to the beginning of my Instagram, and then I just start laughing because I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's like visco filters layered with Instagram filters, and uh, there was no like I had no idea about photography. I knew nothing about angles, like, um. So, but I feel like yeah, for me, it's been it's been Pinterest. That was a huge thing. Especially when I started posting quotes, when I started kind of doing motivation Monday, when I started kind of creating that affirmation sense and the mindset sense, and like even sharing, I haven't been doing it as much recently on Instagram, but like sharing gratitude for Mm -hmm. the last however many months, a lot of days, like most people, you don't, people don't say anything, but you know, every now and again, you'll get that. Like, you know, thank you. Because I know that even if you aren't seeing it, like saying like, saying thank you for sharing it or I connect with that, it's somewhere it's reminding you to take that extra two seconds mm-hmm. to be like, what am I thankful for? So I feel like I've, I've I have had to learn how to be more of a leader yeah. than necessarily a business owner. Yeah. I think that's the difference for me.
0: And is, Oh, I'm sorry. It's so interesting noticed, that you talked about mindset, though, too, because that's like a huge part of this whole creative mindset is um, working on that. And so that you said that that was an important part of growth is spot on. I think every book I pick up, they talk about it and affirmations and just where your mind is at will help growth. And so I love that you said that as well.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I even read in one of your recent posts about then adapting to change in business and being open for what business can change too. And I know During now especially, we all kind of want to talk about that. So will you talk about that adapting to change? Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, That's been one of my questions a lot recently on my podcast as well is um, for certain businesses who were looking to implement in certain directions or looking to kind of, you know, how they're shifting. And I think for me, one of the biggest things I saw at the beginning of everything going on, at least in in the wellness space, was how how brands wanted to pull things. Because technically, as a blogger, your media. And, I mean, think about any given blog as, like, a mini magazine. And if you read a magazine, if you read it online, you read it wherever, and you go to buy something, they make money off of these things. They make money through your affiliate links. They make money through advertisements. That's the same way that bloggers do. We just get a lot more crap for it. Because you can target us more specifically, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of like, I guess towards the beginning of the year for me personally, it was okay. How do I want to, how do I want to monetize things? What am I looking to do? Because the traditional ways that I was working, I just felt like I wasn't aligning with the things that I wanted to align with. I wasn't having the partnerships that I wanted to be a part of. I wasn't creating in the ways that I wanted to be. And I wanted to kind of come to a space of, okay, from a business aspect, what is going to make me have peace? Like how do I want to balance out my business and what parts do I want to create so that I feel like I'm not putting all my money in one bucket? Mm -hmm. Um, because I see certain people who have run their businesses for a few years and they go really heavy in affiliate marketing or in affiliate links. And a lot of the brands that, especially in the wellness space, um, yeah, you know, one of the ways that people make money is sharing businesses that you know you can order straight to your doorstep. And I've been very much a, like ship it to my door for years. I'm all about saving money. I'm all about saving time. Um, well, I'm really all about saving time. I'm all about investing <laughs> my yep. money in, into my time. Um, like if I could order it to my doorstep, I'm pretty sure I could not. I could order every single thing that I could ever think of hmm. and not leave my house. And but a lot of those brands, because of COVID, you know, that created a space of, like, everybody, those were being a lot more popular. And brands pulled their their payment for affiliates. Hmm. And so that kind of really, because they essentially wanted to prevent influencers or anybody in that space from really pushing their, um, their things so that they could, like, catch up. Right. And so that just a lot of I think the lot of last six months have been very eye opening in that way is seeing how do brands react to what's going on and how does that how do you kind of I guess pandemicize your your business plan? <laughs> I like
0: that term. That's good. I like yeah.
1: it. And I've been reading um, Money Market the Game by Tony Robbins for mm-hmm. like last year. And that was written coming out of the last crash in eight and just how to navigate that. And so I feel like the biggest thing for me is just saying, okay, seeing every opp- a seeing every opportunity is an opportunity that's working in my good. Like, mm-hmm. what am I learning from this? It may not be hitting the goals that I want to hit. It may not be putting me where I want to be specifically, but it's shifting me in a direction that's going to be for my better. And I think embracing that side of it and not seeing things that's happening to you, but it's happening for you
0: yes.
1: is such a huge part of it.
0: Yes. Um, that's yeah, that you're so right about that. That's sorry. Keep going about that. No, no,
1: no, 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 that I mean, that's, and that's been a conversation. I've had a lot with a lot of my other friends who, you know, have either been furloughed or are looking to make changes right now is that like, this is the best time. Like you don't always get a perfect time. So Try it, and the worst comes to worst is you can always get another job. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you and I think, I think, Hurricane Michael was such a, a grounding point for me. Like as long as you have somewhere to live, you can live without a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. you can survive on a lot less than you think. I mean, we went without power for two weeks and without plumbing for four, and that was one of those like okay, like there are always worse things that can happen. As long as you're breathing, as long as you have a safe space to sleep as long as you're healthy, like we put a lot of weight on a lot of unnecessary stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. So, and I know you said you've been taking this time to do the not so fun things with the computer and SEO and everything that's, you know, built stuff. We tend to just push aside in our business. And so when you said that it's working for us, it is almost allowing us different types of time to work on those things. Cause I've been the same way. I've been behind my computer working on all the things that I just kept going, it's good enough. And so, and now it's not, now I know it's time to hunker down and get some more done, but. Absolutely. And how do you, how have you been staying motivated then in this season? Because it looks completely different than what we're used to. That's been
1: a challenge for me. Um, Not so much. There's certain parts of it that I feel like people would be like, oh, well that's, you know, more challenging or less challenging. I've definitely stayed a lot more active, but. For me, this has been very much a time of, like, learning, not even being motivated as much finding work-life balance in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm very much an environment person, and so especially working from home and not really being able to leave and having the spaces where I just can go and shut off has been different for me. And so I've just kind of had to learn to cleanse and to, like, take the pressure off. To not be like, oh, you have to sit at your desk all the time and do this. Or, oh, you have to, like, you know, work here and do that. I just try to be a bit more graceful and a bit more fluid with it and still have spaces, like, I wrote a blog post ages ago, um, you know, on, you know, how to work from home successfully. And, you know, keeping my bedroom is kind of that, like, safe space and just adjusting as needed when I feel like I'm not being productive in a space. How do I change that? How do I get creative with it? I'm all about like finding a way to do it, even if it's not conventional. like it doesn't matter as long as it gets done, I don't necessarily care how it gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might mean you know taking my laptop and going and working in my car with a coffee to like get out of my house and work like I'm at the end of the day, as long as I get the thing that I want done done, I'm not fussy about how I actually do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like one of those quotes actually that I keep hearing about being flexible about how you get to your goal, but, you know, be sturdy about your goals. And that's, that's perfect because you're just trying to be flexible and adapting to each situation just to get it done. So I love hearing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I get, I get bored hundred percent. And part of that is literally treating myself like a kid. And if I'm like in that place where I don't want to do it, I think, how can I make this fun right now? <laughs> <laughs> like how, how can I make this something that I want to do? Like if I'm just not, especially in a creative space, if I'm like writing and I just feel like it's not happening, sometimes I just can't write at my house. Like I need to go somewhere else and write. I feel like a little bit better about that. But there are some days where I'm like, all right, I try to keep my schedule flexible for that reason so that I can bring my best energy to what I'm doing and not have to force things so often. But yeah, that's always my, when I get stuck, and I'm like, how do I, how do I get myself to want to do this? It goes, how do I make this fun? Mm-hmm. Like what would be my ideal version of doing this? And if I can't do that, then I either pretend or makeshift it and then go from there.
0: Absolutely. I like the makeshift thing because that makes me feel that I'm not alone in that because sometimes I'll take my computer with my lap desk and go sit in a living room and then I'll switch it to a bed desk and I'll just be all over, but it gets yep. done because it's just as a new environment, even if it's 20 feet to the left, you know, yep. so it definitely helps. Especially when we're kind of stuck at home, like you said. There's not too many places I want to go sit in public and start working, so. <laughs> no, not <really. laughs> Now, is there any advice for women out there, maybe listening, that have no idea just where to start the thing, whatever that looks like for them?
1: I always give this advice to all of my, all of my friends, and it's something that I reach for a lot, um, something I tell my mom a lot, people who, you know, if you're an overthinker, if you're somebody, especially who deals with anxiety is to focus on the next three steps. Mm -hmm. Like you can talk yourself to your blue in the face, but you, you no clue what's going to happen. So pick the first three steps and to work on them. And, you know, understand that, like, if you fail, you're probably, it's not going to be the failure that you think it's going to be. Failure looks so different in a lot of ways, but you're always learning something. And every door opens for a reason. Every door shuts for a reason. But I mean, I think it's the same thing everybody else says, just start. But mm-hmm. even with the just start, you're like, well, where do I start? And it's just play whack-a-mole. Try things. Make a list of all the things that sound ridiculous and go through them. And then once you get to the end of the list, go back and be like, okay, which of these did I actually like? Which of these actually worked? And which of these were a complete waste of my time? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really know until you do it. But I, like, I don't think I would have ever gone down the path that I did. And I'm notorious for being like, I'm going to pick this very miscellaneous path. And I have one that I'm kind of starting on now. Okay. Um, that like comes out of nowhere and none of my friends are doing it. Like I've never picked a path that any of my friends have been on. I've met (laughs) them along the way, but I'm always like, look, this is obscure. Let me go down this road. And it sounds like a great time. I know nothing. Um, (laughs) so I think that that like, don't feel like you have to have everybody in your corner to do it. You can kind of learn as you go and you can meet people along the way. And I get for some people that, you know, they, they need that camaraderie. They need that accountability. And the internet is a great space for that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can have an Instagram brand. I have plenty of friends and people who I've met through the community of WSS with just having Instagram. And I know so much about them now. Um, but there are plenty of people that you don't actually meet and you can follow their life and take energy from. So if you don't have people around you right now that you feel like are helping you go to that next level or helping you get where you want to go, put them there. Get intentional about putting them there. Maybe it's not in a traditional sense, but create that environment for yourself that will help you succeed.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, it might they might not be around, but there are, I mean, hundreds of podcasts. <laughs> and social media that have those communities for every single thing you could possibly think of. And so they're out there to find that that community for you. Just got to do a little searching. Absolutely. So I know you touched on this just a little bit, but how do you continue then to discipline from working at home? And I know you said you got to keep it fun, but how do you stay on those daily schedules and habits?
1: I tend to lean into things that have worked before. So I have this moment maybe a couple of years ago when I was kind of working with a podcast of obviously like, it's the first time you're controlling your time. It's the first time when you work for yourself that you're having to set those boundaries. And I definitely went through a phase earlier this year where I was like, I'm going to have a nine to five schedule. That was the dumbest idea I've ever had. <laughs> um, and it, because even with film, like I am happiest when I kind of have a flow and my energy works very well at like, I do really good for a couple of hours and then I need a break. Mm-hmm. And so I like to kind of have that fluidity and have the freedom to do things as like my energy kind of gravitates there. And so I think that knowing how you work best, and if you don't know how you work best now, look at a time that maybe there that flexibility was there before, or, you know, if you've always had a nine to five, well, maybe you're somebody like my mom's that way. She needs that like accountability. She needs to know that she's going to go in and do something and like getting dressed triggers it. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in that, like in mental cues and the power of habit and everything that way. And kind of leaning into the habits that you have, um, And so for me, I looked at a lot of like what I did in college and I, I find such satisfaction in checking things off. Like I want a list. Yes. Now I I know you're my girl. That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) And I want a list. And so that's what I do. And that's part of like, you know, just anything for me is getting it from brain to paper is when it becomes like a cohesive piece of anything. And so I have lists, I have like, I have a couple of different systems that have kind of, you know, appeared and have flown in over the last few years for me just trial and error but that i've had to learn how my energy exists and i think giving yourself the grace as you're doing that to say okay am i a morning person or am i a night person how do i need to start the day how do i feel best like i i have no issues with being a morning person but like don't talk to me at the beginning of the day Mm -hmm. like i
0: a hundred percent yes i I agree
1: quiet I need space and so for the longest time when I went to the gym last year getting up and going to the gym immediately for me was never an issue because I needed to get out of the house to escape all of the noise before everybody got up and that wasn't a problem but when we hit earlier this year and that motivation wasn't there anymore I was like all right well how do I do this like how do I provide myself the grace that I need to move forward and sometimes I just I, I say I'm, I'm kind of like sick Suck it up, Buttercup, and like just get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you just kind of have to play with it and figure it out, and do a lot of trial and error. And if you need that accountability, you need that accountability. I sometimes I'm crap with it, and sometimes I'm better with it. But sometimes I think the best thing you can do is take the pressure off a of bit. Mm-hmm. I think you you don't you procrastinated even more because you built up. You actually like trigger your body to go through the emotional experience of. The anxiety and the worry for something that you aren't doing. And so finding some way to let the pressure off of it is major.
0: Yes. And it it took a long time for me, too, because I work mostly from home. And (coughs) there are days where I will do the crazy 12-hour day, and I'm normally a night person. So my gym time comes at 2 p.m. I don't know why, but that's my break time because I don't start working until about 10 normally. And But every day is different. There's some days where I wake up at 6 a.m. and that's when I want to work. And just allowing that grace and that flexibility, I know what I have to get done with all those lists. And as long as I get them done and I feel good about it, then that's what's important. And I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because especially now there's so many people working from home. And prior to that, they would always tell me, like, you're so lucky you get to work from home. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love it. But I, you have to discipline yourself or nothing will get done. And because the only person I have to really face is myself, and that's the only person that's going to suffer or get the rewards. So now that a lot more people are working from home, now they're like, I don't know how you do it. How do you get up? So I just wanted to kind of touch on that as well, because it looks different, like you said, for every person.
1: Oh, absolutely. I Like, I feel like for me, my biggest thing is I had a lot of, like, obviously going before there were days where i would just get up go to the gym shower do whatever come home dive in and like i wouldn't do hair and makeup and that's kind of my like one of my very weird like triggers from my brain is if i've done my hair and makeup and so i'm trying to like relax that a little bit more because you know it's, it sh- it shouldn't be as big of a thing in my day so i'm having to relearn my own triggers but mm-hmm. i mean that flexibility is huge. It's definitely for me, I think the biggest challenge for that for me lately has been going for a run is I started training for a half marathon because like I said, if it's not like I I get bored and if I don't pick a big enough goal where like I try to pick the things that are going to like build that trust with myself and be in my pocket so that later I can be like, well, you did that. Like you pull strength from that. Like Mm -hmm. I try to create that foundation for myself and I love running, but we live in freaking Florida. It's,
0: it's awesome awful right outside. now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: especially like lately, it's just, Oh, it's so miserable. So if you don't go for a run at the right time of the day mm-hmm. and that's such a delicate balance too, because if you don't like, if I get up too late, then I get hungry. Then I want to eat. Like I just, that like practice grace and figure it out. And like, sometimes it's literally all of the matter of being like, all right, I'm going to do 15 minutes of something. I mean, working out for me is not like, it's something that's a part of my mental health and like kind of literally helps me breathe and deal with any anxiety and any other struggles. But I think sometimes you just have to be like, some people love doing the same thing every day. Uh, That sounds terrifying to me.
0: (laughs) I always Uh, think I want routine. And then when I'm in one, I'm like, Nope, not for me. Can't do this. So.
1: There's enough of it where I'm like, I just need to be a bit more flexible with it. And Mm -hmm. I keep trying to like put myself more in a guided routine, but it's
0: not working. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. I don't disagree with that. So what's something then you would say is important for creatives to implement into their daily life, especially working from home to maybe help them?
1: I feel like I started reading The Artist's Way a while ago and... I mean, I started doing morning pages, maybe like, I want to say like a year and a half ago. I kind of, after, I feel like it was maybe Rachel Hall's second book. Mm -hmm. um, I end up, there's a lot of times where I'll read them for myself or I'll read them to kind of review on the blog and just have other conversations. And so I started journaling a bit more, which I've always had some kind of diary for me, but I feel like having a space where you can be completely creative without expectations and no judgment is massive. Mm. Um, giving yourself just that safe space that doesn't necessarily have to perform, but is almost like a start to finish thing. I think as creatives, a lot of times we start on these projects or we get involved in things and they don't tend to like have, like we don't get the results overnight. Um, and that's, that's conversations I have with a lot of my phone friends as well as, you know, like it takes time. So I think sometimes just having that satisfaction of starting something from beginning to end and creating a space where you feel safe and creative and acknowledging sometimes that like, just cause you can create something doesn't mean you have to make money from it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, that's, that's a balance I've had to learn a lot as I've been creating more recipes for the blog and working with brands to you know create that way is sometimes I need like where's the balance in me cooking for myself and cooking for joy and cooking because I love it versus having a pocket where I can just create for the heck of it and it's fun and I've been so blessed to work with I'm currently partnered with Grassroots Coop and Uh, I mean, I love them. I've been, was a customer for years before we started a partnership, but they are very much the ideal people to work with because they're like, we trust you, do whatever. That's wonderful. Like, you know, and so that's given me the flexibility to kind of create and transition in that way. But, you know, giving yourself a space where there's no pressure on your creation, helps you continue to fall in love with it and actually love to do it rather than being burnt out on something that you started to do to begin with and want to love Mm
0: -hmm. and I think journaling and reading too is so important to put yourself in that correct mind space anyway so I'm an avid journaler I have all mine pretty close to me right now actually from years ago and they have I structure them in a way where whatever book I'm reading I can go back to it and find it and and you're exactly right it doesn't have to be anything sometimes it's anger or prayer or whatever. And sometimes it's books and inspiration and it all makes my day better and me able to be showing up in a more creative way for all of my clients or community as well. So I think it's so important.
1: Absolutely. I think so much of being a creative and what changed a lot of things for me is realizing that my creativity came from storytelling Mm. And that was like a foundation for me. I never really saw it as storytelling. And once I kind of clicked with that. And so I think that sometimes that's like so much a part of it is pouring that into yourself. Like people, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you're binge watching this or you're not being productive here. But that like that ability to take in art and to absorb it is going to fill your cup so that you can pour it back
0: out. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so important, too. So. I know we've gone through quite a bit of stuff today, and we have talked about your podcast a little bit, but will you tell us how we can find you? So
1: I am on Instagram. You can print every platform you can find me at what Savvy said.
0: And that's V... Now, is it spelled differently? Yes.
1: S-A-V-V-Y.
0: V-V-Y. Okay. Yes.
1: It used to be... My blog was Savvy and Savory at the beginning. And part of many reasons why I changed it was because I would have to tell people how you spelled it. (laughs) It it needs to be like quicker off the tongue. So yes, everything is at what Savvy said. The podcast is the what Savvy said podcast. Um, It's on every platform, but the blog as well, there's newsletters that you can sign up for. So if you want to stay up to date on everything, I try to be good about sending those out once a week. I'm not necessarily the best at it again. Email marketing, all of the things on the end that bore the bejesus out of me. <laughs>
0: that's
1: what we're that's working a, on right
0: now. So it'll be once a week soon then is what I'm yes. going to, yeah.
1: We're getting back to the once a week. I'm getting back into a flow of just creating a little bit more. Um, I have no excuses now that my website is being fixed and I'm like, okay, well, I can do this now.
0: Um But to give you a little bit of just breather from my point of view, when I follow you, I can see you showing up every day and you are great at storytelling because even if it's just your day or a simple thought that you're going through, you connect so well with seemingly everybody, but I just love how you pour out into people. So you're doing an incredible job. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So I'll let you go for today, but thank you so much for being here and showing up like you always do. I so appreciate it. Well,
1: thank you for having me. It was so wonderful to talk to you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Shine Podcast. If you loved today's episode, share it with a friend. For show notes or any notes from past episodes, head to DaVista Photography. That's D-A-V-I-S-T-A photography.com forward slash blog for downloads, codes, and more. And as always, be the light the world needs. Smile, sparkle, and shine.